and under 15 minutes. And under like 15 you. minutes. And I said, you guys are gonna, you guys are brutal that you'll judge him harshly. So, <laughs> Well, it is, it is so humbling to uh, preach from another pastor's pulpit. You know, and, and this is really, it, it's hallowed ground, if you will, because the pastor is responsible for the teachings of his church. And he's responsible to lead his flock into greener pastures. And so for me to come in from out of town, especially from King County, and stand up here, you know, you got you to gotta understand I'm a little bit right. Um, but I'm, but I'm, I'm really humbled and I'm honored to be able to be here and talk to you. I'm not a preacher, I'll let you know that. Uh, I'm a trainer, I'm a discipler, and um, I'm really thankful for the opportunity to share with you really what's on our heart as our team from Federal Way uh, in that. And, and truly the, that passage from Romans expresses what we desired to do uh, at our very first visit. You know, to, that we would be a mutual blessing to each other. And, and so that's, that's, that's our prayer. It's our desire. And, and honestly, the Lord is, is really bringing that to fruition. We have been so wonderfully welcomed here. And I just, I, I, I can't thank you enough. And we talked to the team. And as Jesus sent out his disciples, he, um, he told them, you know, where you're welcomed, um, stay in that house and leave your blessing of peace. Well, this is the house also that we're welcomed into. And so we want to bring a, a blessing of peace to you. Uh, these are hard times. They're, they're, they're really, I mean, we look back over the last year when we wanted to come and, and, and there were all sorts of influences, real and imagined, you know, that, that kept us from coming. And, and our hearts were torn. You know, we really wanted to come. We're planning, we're scheming and everything on how we can come over. And, and by God's grace, it's happened. We're here. And we're so excited I, I, as our team. There's, there's so many of us on our team here that have never done this before. And so to come here and to be welcomed with you, and it just, it really proves out what I say to my youth group and to I say a lot of my friends is, look, I have more in common with a believer I've never met than my best friend who doesn't know Jesus. We have conversations with you that know no end. There's not a fence on this corral. There's not a boundary on this this forest, this wilderness, if you will, of our conversation in Christ. And, and it's so fun to get to know you um, in that. So, so again, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to be here. Well, our, our focus with our youth group and everything this year has been out of Acts 1-8, and it's, it really is this to the end, to the very end. And, and Jesus says, and you'll be filled with my spirit, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other parts of the world. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand on that a little bit today, if, if you will. Um, we've been working really hard. And I'll tell you, as a trainer and trainer in mission and in evangelism stuff, is one of the things that I've noticed is sometimes the church um, can become very event-focused. That we really work up to an event, and when the event is over, then we put the event in its closet or in its shelf, and we move on. And we're, we're blessed to have a youth pastor. He's in Kettle Falls right now that really believes that this word fusion, and that's our, that's our movement, if you will. Fusion is that we're fusing our lives with Christ with our everyday is that we're going to live on mission. And so while we're here with you, and we're learning how to do this, so 
Um, you can help us with that. You can be trainers for us too. Is help us to learn that while we're here with you, we're living on mission, but when we're at home, we're living the same way. That we want to be as gracious with our parents and our siblings as we are with you here. It's to the end. It's not to Springdale. It's to the end. It's to the end of this thing. So um, uh, I want to I continue on with this thought, and I want to I blend this with Matthew 27, 16 through 19. If you've, if you've got your Bible with you, if you'll, if you'll open up to, uh, to Matthew. That's in the New Testament. Okay, see, I'm, I'm really... I tried, Bob. I know there's a lot of witnesses. I tried the humor thing, and it's, it's as good as my singing. Um, now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you because um, Acts 1.8 and Matthew 27, 16 through 20, um, that was all said at the same time. It's recorded in two different places, but it's all said at the same time. Um, so let me just kind of set this up a little bit for you, is that, is, is Matthew 27 right here in verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Okay, so at this point, this is the day of ascension. This is when Jesus now is going to ascend into heaven, and he's got this prearranged meeting with his disciples. Now there's eleven of his disciples, because Judas has betrayed him. Judas has committed suicide, so there's eleven disciples left now 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 think of this these 11 disciples they've been with jesus for for three years you thought about that three years they've heard every lesson jesus has ever preached they they've seen every miracle that jesus has ever done they've walked everywhere that jesus has gone right and jesus says okay in, in other words, there's there's a last meeting i want to have with you guys I'll be right along. Y'all meet me up on the hill, and I'll be there. Now, if you can put yourself with them right now, I wish you would, because we've already experienced what they experienced. It says right here in the next one, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. Man, I, I, the worship team up here, did you feel, did you feel the worship coming back for the body? Can, can, there was, I mean, if, if you're sitting up front and, and you felt the word. We worship Jesus today. I, that was that was great. We all worship Jesus. We did, but, but it's really interesting in this next words. But some doubt it. See, this is where we really find ourselves with the disciples. God love to worship Jesus, but you know what? I'm like the man in Scripture that says, "Jesus, I do believe, but help my unbelief." I do have faith, but God, it's it's little. You know, Lord, I've been born again for decades. And there's still mornings I wake up and I'm a little worried. I hurt. I'm lonely. I wonder about what's going on in our nation. And some doubt it. But we worship Jesus. So there's the setting. There's the setting for this. Now, it's interesting, and I, I was talking to my, my crew yesterday about when you read Scripture, it's really interesting. If we read a Western, man, we'll whoop with the cowboys. You know, we'll whistle at the cows. We'll do that. But when we read Scripture, all of a sudden, it's just one line. Jesus said, and it will be great, and it will be wonderful. And we read a really flat line, and what I'm encouraging my crew to do is when you read Scripture, hear it. 
I mean, the Bible says of itself, it, it testifies of itself that all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. See, God-breathed means it's God-spoken. What we have in the scripture is what God spoke through men who faithfully recorded it, and we have it. So it's not flatline. God's word is filled with emotion. It's filled with anger. It's filled with purpose. It's filled with, with just all, yeah, can you hear it? I mean, when you read it, can you hear it? Now, and, and, and so we're, we're given this from God, and we're, we're given this as we grow through this. Now, it's really interesting in this. Um, Jesus came and said to them, now this is, this is really important, is what did Jesus sound like when he said this? Okay, the next words is, all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, I've heard it preached before, and I used to give Jesus my dad's voice. Have you ever done that? You know, we'll give God our dad's voice. You know, and if dad was hard, then God's hard. You know, but this is what I want to encourage you in is, is our father in heaven is not our father on earth. He's not. Our father in heaven is so much better. And Jesus even talks about, man, if your father would give you bread instead of a rock, how much greater is your father in heaven? Right? He's greater than anybody we've ever known on earth. So when these, these 11 disciples are standing there, they know because Jesus has already said, I got to go. I got to go. But it's for your benefit that I go because when I go, I'm going to implore the Father and he's going to send you another helper and it's going to be even better. And they're going, how can, how, how, how can that be, Jesus? While you've been with us, we've never gone hungry. While you've been with us, everybody's fought you. They've never fought us. You're going to tell us it's better. Where are you going? Where's my protection? Where's my wisdom? Where's my help? And I think Jesus, as, as, as God, fully man and fully God, leans into his disciples as a parent who loves his children. Not like my dad who loved me, because my dad would have done this. Oh, you doubt? Are you kidding me? All authority has been given unto me. I'm your dad. You question that? See, that's the way my dad would have said it. But Jesus, being who Jesus is, from how I've studied him and seen how he interacted with the woman whose son has died and, and, and he's coming out being buried and Jesus calls her son to life right? because he's the last she has. And he calls him to life and how, how gentle he, he called when he, when he raised the, the girl that was dead from her, with her parents now, how gentle and loving he was to that. And I think when he comes to these 11 guys that I believe they're quaking in their boots, I think they're sandals, um, that I believe there's another try, Bob. Man, I'm, I'm working it. Um, that when he talks to them, I think he leans in. And I really, I think, I, I, I don't know, this is me. It might not be what you see. But I think Jesus leans in and with the gentlest, softest voice, he leans in because he knows he's going to speak especially to their fears. He's going to speak especially to their doubts because he's not going to waste words. Now's not the time for parables. Now's the time to lay out a heart and encouragement. So what I want to share with you this morning, I want to share with you three, I think, really encouraging promises that Jesus gives. And then I want to share with you four really encouraging purposes that he gives. 
Now, if you can, if you, if you can stay with me, if you can stay with the disciples, he's talking to you and I. Right? This isn't a thing just for them. This is for us. This is for me. So if you can, consider yourself a disciple of Jesus if indeed you're born again by faith in Jesus. Because if you're born again by faith in Jesus, then you are a disciple. You know, it, it, when we drove out here, we passed, Savvy and I were talking, we passed this huge field of sunflowers. All I could do is smile. I just looked at them. I said, they're smiling at me. Look at these guys. These sunflowers, they love being sunflowers. They, they don't want to be anything else. They just want to be by the road and smile at you when you drive by. And they're hoping you would smile back. That's what they are. When you're born again in Jesus Christ, you are a disciple of Christ. You know, and so when Jesus is talking to them there, he's talking to them uh, as th these are new creatures. They're new creations. They are disciples of Christ. So, so when he says this, all, all authority under heaven and earth has been given unto you, go therefore. Again, I've heard this preach where Jesus really points his finger. Look, all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples. You know, it's like, oh. But I think what he, if, if you really understand what the go therefore really is, see, the first command in that is make disciples. The, so the go therefore is really to be understood as you're going. You, you, you dig it? I mean, it, it's as you're going. It, so the assumption is, look, you're a sunflower. Be a sunflower. You're born again in Christ. So as you're going, John says in 1 John, look, if you say Christ is in you, then you also walk just as he walked. So he's saying if you're born again and you'll be filled with my spirit, I'm going to get to that, then you're going to walk like me. So as you're going, it's like, I, okay. And he's, and he's helping him out there. He's not pointing his finger out at the horizon at him. And he's not stomping his foot. And he's not lording over them his authority He's encouraging to, them to go. So let me share with you here um, what, what he has. You know, when he goes, um, all authority under heaven and earth has been given unto me. I, mean, I, I just want you to think about this. All authority. Think about the things that they've seen. Because he's starting to bring stuff to, to memory to them. I mean, they're, they're stressed. They're tired. They're, they're worried. They're scared. They, they've seen Jesus cure blindness. They've seen, they've seen Jesus raise people from the dead. They've seen Jesus be raised from the dead. They've seen the lame dance. They've, they've heard the mute worship. They've seen demons cast out. I mean, do, do we know this? Do we know this? Do you understand this? So when Jesus says, all authority has been given unto me, can you think of a place where Jesus doesn't have authority and if you're wondering about that, one of the things that we're studying through this week is in the book of Job, chapters 38 to 42. If you ever wonder where God has power, please, this afternoon, go home, get your Bible out, Job. It's in the Old Testament. Take a look at chapters 38 through 42, and you'll get just a glimpse. And Job even says, these are but the fringes. This is just the very edge of the power of God. And God, I, he wants you to be reminded today, he's got authority over everything. I mean, so if, if you, like, but what about our nation, Lord? Please. He holds the hearts of kings and he directs our paths as running water. Yeah, then why are you doing this? 
because you're weak and I want you to be strong. I don't know. But where doesn't he have authority? He says this. So I'm, I'm going to go through this with um, three encouraging promises from him. He says all authority. And, and again, they've, they've seen everything. And I want to ask you for you to consider in your own meditations is where you are right now in your life is what you're looking forward to. Can God handle it? Because if he can't, then he's a liar right here. I mean, really understand this. It's that simple. If God can't handle what you're going through, if God can't handle what's out ahead of us, then it makes him a liar right here because he says, all authority has been given to me. And I think part of the problem that we may have is we really don't know where he has authority because we haven't taken time to get to know him that well. You know, I gave my life to Christ. I went to work. I gave my life to Christ, and it was Monday, and I went back to the farm. I gave my life to Christ. It was Monday. I grabbed my chainsaw and went back into the forest. And we haven't taken time to get to know Jesus. Maybe. But if we have a sense that Jesus can't handle what we're going through, then in a way we're making him a liar right here. Because he really can't handle it. He really can. See, this is where those words, those omni words, you know the omni words like from Sunday school? There's the omnipotent. The omnipotent, he's all powerful. He's all powerful. Jesus displays through his presence, his miracles, his words, his resurrection, nothing is too great for him. Not demons, nor death. Nothing is too great. For Jesus, in fact, the only thing we sang about it today, kind of in another way, but the only thing that can resist God is us. I can say no to Jesus today. If you've read scripture much, you'll know that three times he cried in scripture. Three times Jesus is recording crying is because of sin and because of people rejecting him. It's amazing how weak little us have the power of sin in us so strong that we can deny Jesus. Stunning. But he allows that. Another promise he gives us is, I am with you to the ends of the age. And, and he says that because the disciples are going, but you're leaving. You're leaving. I mean, I, I, if we show hands, but I'm not going to. I haven't seen Jesus. Since he ascended into heaven, I haven't seen him. I'm really looking forward to come back. I'm dying to see him. I can't wait to see him. He's given me some things in his word that I can begin to understand how I'll recognize him when he comes back. Because I've never seen him. It's pretty neat. Um, I had a really good friend that um, he was right at the point of becoming a rabbi. He was taking his final tests. Um, he was, he was going to be whatever, the, ordained. I don't know what they call it. Right to be a rabbi, he's uh, he's all done with his stuff. When a friend gives him um, the book of John and the book of Matthew in a pamphlet, he went back. He hid himself in his in his room in his dorm room. He covered himself over with a blanket. He got out a flashlight. He read the books of John, the book of Matthew. That night, he was born again in Christ. 
And, and he said, I, I said, oh, I said, this is so cool. I said, so when you gave your life to Christ, did that Old Testament just go, and he goes, no, no, no. He goes, I've got centuries of teaching that told me Jesus can't be in the Old Testament. I went, oh, you're kidding. Like that. He said, so this is what I've learned. He said, um, so I'm going to give you a little piece of the Eastern mind. I'm going to share this with you. He said, we have word pictures in scripture that describes Jesus so that although you don't recognize his face, you'll know his nature when he comes. We've been talking as a group about the Antichrist. How, how tricky is he going to be? How sly is he going to be when he comes? Am I going to fall into the Antichrist? I mean, I, I think that's an important thing to do. Am I going to fall into that? But we have ways that we know Jesus by his character. We have word pictures. One of those is honestly, as he shared with me, the Ten Commandments. He says, one of the reasons you Christians have a tough time with the Ten Commandments is because you're trying to be Jesus. See, he's the fulfillment of the law. So when you read through the Ten Commandments, it describes Jesus. Well, of course I fall short of that. <laughs> of course I do. But it describes him perfectly. Another place it describes him perfectly, you would look at in 1 Corinthians 13. It's called the love chapter. If you read through that, love is this and love is that and love is this. If you take, because we know God is love, if you take that word love out and you put Jesus' name in there and you read that through, you're going to find a perfect description of Jesus. Perfect. I want, I want to encourage you to do that. So if, if you want to grow more into that, you go to Philippians 4 verse 8. That it tells us how to meditate, and those are all character and nature references to Christ. You go and you meditate on Christ. You, you, you dwell in Christ. You search through this, and you learn the nature of Christ, and then you begin to hear his voice, and he'll stop going from, because I told you so, to, oh, don't be afraid. Oh, don't be afraid. Come here. Come here. See, in Christ, he's like that. If you're not in Christ, oh, no, he's the judge. He's the judge. We, we spent a little bit of time this morning in the cemetery. And one of the things I pointed out to my team is that, you know what? It's appointed every man wants to die. That field out there is hungry. It's hungry for bodies. It's hungry for people to die. Because once they're there, all hope is gone. For those who are in Christ, they're with Christ. For those who are not in Christ, they're separated from God eternally. It's not the end. It's eternal damnation. That field is hungry for death. That field would make Jesus cry. See, so we have, we have the message of hope. We have the message of, of new life in Christ that we bring with this. And, 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 you, and you hear this. I just want you to hear this because there are times when you get lonely. I mean, uh, we, we were talking. Uh, we can be in a crowd and be lonely, right? Have you ever done that? You ever been in a crowd and felt just totally alone? And Jesus says this, he leans forward to your loneliness. He leans into your loneliness. And he doesn't like, I'm, look, I'm always going to be with you. He doesn't do that. He leans into your loneliness. You know, and he, he gets in like this and he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be with you. No, don't be afraid. You're not going to be alone. I'm going to be with you. I just want you to know that. And then this, he says, you'll receive power. This is the Acts 1.8. You'll receive power. This is a supernatural power. It is the gift of faith. As born-again believers, we're adopted into the most powerful organism in the universe. Do you get this? Jesus said that he will build his church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. 
The gates of hell cannot prevail against what's happening here. Now, the Lord has blessed me to travel me around the world. And I've visited churches in so many different nations. And what he's doing here in Springdale, can I bring you the, the encouragement, the spiritual blessing that he's doing this in Ecuador. He's doing this in Mexico. He's doing this in Ghana. He's doing it in Zambia. He's doing it in, in, in Ireland. He's doing it in Scotland. He's doing it in South Africa. He's doing it in Egypt. Can I tell you what? Brothers and sisters, our God that's at work here is at work around the world. He has not left us alone. And he's building something that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And Satan screams about that. No wonder we're under attack. No wonder. So when you're here, you're not alone. You're not alone. When you're in your home and night has set in and the door is shut and you start thinking, I want to remind you, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. But on Sunday, get in here. Get in here. You know, when you got the opportunity Wednesday to get together with a group of people and talk about what the pastor talked about, get together. When you have the opportunity to, to serve the community with each other, get there. Because the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. He can't. Hebrews 11 is known as the Hall of Faith. If you've read that chapter, um, you're no doubt familiar with some of those names like Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And those are just a few. There's a bunch of them. If you've read about them in Scripture, you'll know that none of them are perfect. Not a single one. You know, it's a, it's a, I'll bet if, if you were to take, we were again out there and we saw um, headstones that were, you know, people have, been, people have been out there, there's 100-year-old residents out there. They've been dead over 100 years. You know, and some of them have amazing reputations. We just don't know who they are. I'll bet you know some from this church, some from your past, that you would put in that hall of faith. You know they're not perfect, but man, did they love Jesus. Man, did they get up when they were down. Man, when they hurting, did they give Jesus glory? Man, when you were hurting, did they come next to you to bring you encouragement? Maybe you know them, and maybe you know some who have yet to die that you know are going to be in that hall of faith. They're going to be standing with them already. And, and this is the encouragement in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Man, look unto Jesus, who endured. Look, we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our needs, but one who's been tempted in every way, just as we have. So come boldly into the throne. Come boldly before Jesus. Confess your sins because he knows them. Confess your sins. Be cleansed of your sins. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't wait. If you're an unbeliever, come before him now and confess he knows. Confess and be cleansed. Confess and be lifted up. If you're a believer in Jesus and something has happened and you're carrying something from your past, he knows. You're not hiding anything. He knows. Confess it. Be done with it. Be cleansed. Be lifted up. There's a lot of us carrying burdens that we don't need to. We don't need to. 
confess it, and be forgiven. So those are our, those are our three things that I, that I wanted to in, encourage you with Jesus as, as he leans into our pain, as he leans into our fear. These are very common things. What about those disciples? You know what was uncommon about them is Jesus chose them at that time. If you want to go back and read, um, I, I may be hitting a bee's nest here, but if, if you want to go back to Ephesians chapter 1, it starts right off with you were chosen in him before the foundation of time. Right? This is our time. This is our time. This is our time to work through our fear, to work through our, 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 our sins, to, to, to be one with Christ, to lean into him as he leans into us, as we become disciples in Christ. What happened with 11? There's more than 11 believers in here. There are. This place can be transformed. This city can be transformed. This area can be transformed if we'll be disciples of Christ, if we'll do what he's called us to do. And as you're going, as you're going, I have a really good friend, a really good friend. I've been praying for him for years. He just retired from the Seattle Police Department. You ever wonder what a hard job is? Be a Seattle City Policeman. He just retired from them. And at 30 years, and he goes, I don't know what I'm going to do, Gino. And I said, what do you mean you don't know what you're going to do? He goes, being a policeman's all I know. I said, God, have you so quickly forgotten? And he goes, what? I said, you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You are a Christian. And he goes, oh. I said, yeah, you're a believer who was a policeman. You're still a believer. You know, he goes, oh, that's right. I said, so you may be, um, you may be a believer who's a mechanic. And there'll be a day you're not a mechanic anymore, but you're still a believer. You may be a logger who's a believer in Jesus Christ. There'll be a day when you're not a logger, but you're still a believer in Jesus Christ. See, being in Jesus Christ supersedes everything that we do. Everything that we do, but down here, these things that we do, well, that's as you're going. As you're going. In your workplaces, in your homes, in your goings around, as you're going, he says these things. And I know you're going to be afraid. My team is afraid. They've come into the most friendly people in the world, and they'll tell, admit to you, I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> they went out and knocked on doors yesterday. What was the biggest surprise? They're so nice. What did you overcome? Fear. I mean, they, they, it's, it's so common as you're going around. For encouraging purposes. So Jesus has all authority. We'll receive his power. He's with us till the very end of the age. As we're going, so until I exhaust my last breath, he is with me in this body. And when I exhaust my last breath and I go to the field of the dead, I am with him. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. I'm, I'm dying for that. <laughs> I so want that. It's, it's not easy growing older, I'm learning. Um, but for encouraging promises or purposes in this, encouraging purposes because this is as you're going this is as a new creature in Christ as a new creation um, these are these are the the, the, the the four encouraging purposes one is um, you'll be my witness you'll, you'll be a witness for me see now in, in the days of social media and such you know um, internet influencers uh, maybe you're familiar with those kind of languages man people want to be something 
You know, it's, as you walk around the cemetery, sometimes you'll see a headstone of people are still trying to be something after they're dead. You know, they, they, I want to be somebody. I want to be remembered. You see graffiti carve in. It's, it's, a, it's a try to be eternal. You know, I want to be somebody. And Jesus says, look, look, look. Be my witness. Make me known. Because you're the carrier of my words. You're the vessel of my blessings. Your, your body's going to exhaust. You'll end up in the field of the dead. But my word is eternal. The grass withers, the flower falls away, the sunflowers are going to bow down, they're going to have their heads cut off. <laughs> see, see, I try to get I try to bond. This is, this is tough. This is tough. Yeah, you did. You warned me. You warned me. But, but, but see, he says, he says, make me famous. You know, I, I, my word lasts forever. We have proof in his word. Man, all the attempts to extinguish his word, they've all failed. And his word exists. His spirit exists. His truth exists. Man, if you want to do something important, leave Jesus' name on the people you disciple. Leave his name with them. Man, that's the cry of my heart. That's why at 65, I'm still in youth ministry. I've given up on adults. <laughs> <laughs> Got one. Got one. No, but really, I love, I love working with kids because they, 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 they're, they're hungry for truth. They want to know the truth, and they want to see a life. I pray that we're working hard that they see a life that one day they may see him in the Hall of Faith. They know Gino's not perfect. They, they've seen me in unperfect times, right? But they've also seen my faith. Let your faith in Christ be known. Let the Jesus that you believe in be known to them. Because one day we're going to be in the field of dead. And you're going to see Hayden up here leading. He's going to be my age. We talked about it. He's not going to have hair like this. I wish he would. I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. But, but Eugene back here, you couldn't really see Eugene much. He's 12 years old. He's going to be 13 real soon if he straightens up. <laughs> But you see, we've got some really young people out here that are, that are they, they want to learn. You know, they want to learn, and, and they want to learn to be his witness. They're here to learn how to be a witness to Jesus Christ. They're here to rest on the promises of Christ. I'll be with you to the ends of the age. You'll be filled with my power, you know, and, and, and they're here to experience that, to trust that. And they trust it because they're doing it. It's not theory to them any longer. It's now practical. They're trusting it. You'll be my witness. Um, if anyone's name is not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, he's thrown into the lake of fire. See, because they are not a witness to Jesus Christ, they've spent their life become famous, to be famous for themselves. Make Jesus famous. He says then to make, to make disciples. You'll be my witness, and then make disciples. Invest what God has invested in you, what other people have invested in you. You give it away. You give it to other people. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a peer. Maybe it's somebody older. Maybe it's somebody younger. It, it, discipleship knows no age. It really doesn't. What it does desire is an appetite. It desires an attitude. You know, it, it desires, we have, we have a saying, I grew up with this as a, and I've only been a believer for like 25 years. 
Um, but I, I was taught this saying that everybody in their life should have, they should have a Paul who speaks into them. Everybody should have a Timothy that they're speaking into. Everybody should have a Barnabas that's walking alongside of them, picking them up when they keep falling down. We need those characters from the Bible. So I want to ask you, and this is personal evaluation time, do you have a Paul? Do you have somebody that's speaking into your life? Because at 65 years old, I still need somebody speaking into my life. Because I can get reckless. Do you, do you have, a, do you have a, a Timothy? Do you have that, that younger one that you'll write letters to, that you'll pour your life into, that you'll sit and need to, that you'll ask them hard questions and you'll give them hard assignments, that you're pouring into them so that they can take the, the, the theory of the theology of Jesus and, and they can understand that it's practical, it's real, I can trust this. This is trustworthy. Is there somebody that you're doing that with? Because Jesus says, as you're going, it's what we do. It's what we do. And then do you have that good friend? Do you have that good friend that's going to walk along beside you and look at you and go, Gio, that was dumb. What were, you, what were you thinking? That came off totally wrong. I don't know what you meant. Can we talk about what you meant? And you go, oh, uh, yeah. What a good friend. Do you have somebody that will hold you accountable? Do you? Because God has set us up like this. This is, this is the power of the body of Christ is that we exist in Christ together. See, there's, there's, no, there's no individual Christian. There's an individual Christian at the moment of your salvation, and then you're joined to the body of Christ. You're part of this thing that the gates of hell cannot stand against. You're part of this. And he says this, baptize them and teach them. Baptize them and teach them. And this is the thing, too, where we get a little bit of like, oh, baptizing, I don't know. There's so many ways. There's so many things. I really don't want to push into this. And I know this is one where I can be kicking a bee's nest too. So I'm just going to really go on the very surface and say, get baptized. Get baptized. I, I was in the military for, for 24 years. You know, you know what the most important thing in marching is? Take the first step. It really is. Take the first step. A lot of us as Christians are trying to live the Christian life without taking the first step. You know, and, and really all this, this baptism, not all this is, but this baptism is, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. Baptism is a public confession of your faith. And if there's embarrassment in there, like, well, you know, I wonder if they counted, you know, when I was six months old, I was sprinkled, I wonder, does that count? Don't question, just do it. Make that public profession. Make it. Let the people know. You know, I, the way I describe baptism to young people, and I've done it for, with old, old people as well, is that um, if you've ever been a play in high school or something like this, you know, and, or a skit, we're doing skits, come to VBS this week. Come to VBS. Bring your grandchildren. Bring your neighbors. Come and volunteer. Be there. Fill this place. Fill this place. But they've practiced really hard for their VBS skits. They've practiced really hard. You know what? Next week, they're done practicing. They're not going to remember their lines. That's now in the can, as they would say. So you get this. Now, in baptism, this is what's really cool about baptism. Like, you get baptized. You get to play. You get to play the role of Jesus in this 30-second play. 
You get to play the role of Jesus where you come from this exalted place into this pool. You come into this place that's sin. And then you submit yourself to one completely that's got power and control and authority over you. And they, they separate you from life. You're separated. You're underwater. You can't breathe. We're not made to do that. And they're in total control. And then raised to new life. You take a breath. You've been baptized. Everybody is seen. And then you walk back out of this pond. You go back up to your high and exalted place. You play the role of Jesus for about 30 seconds. And then you spend the rest of your life studying him. Because at that moment, I don't know my lines yet. I don't know my lines yet. But with the help of a pastor, he's helped me walk through this play. And now, okay, I know. I know that I'm supposed to be like Jesus. And now I begin to study my lines. And my life becomes transformed. Trust this. In Romans, in chapter 8, it says that you are predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus. If you wonder about where you're going in life, if you're not becoming more like Jesus, then you're on the wrong path. You might be following the wrong Jesus. There's plenty of them out there. You might be. So baptizing and teaching. Teach him to obey all that I have commanded you. This is that discipleship thing. You know, here, here's the big subject matter. It's love. In Deuteronomy 6, um, verses 4 through 8. Now listen, it says, Hear, O Israel. So hear, church. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today will be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Diligently. Do you get that? You don't turn your children over to somebody else to teach. You teach your children diligently. And you shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise or if you go here to, to Matthew as you're going. As you're going. Right? As you're going. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be like frontlets before your eyes. It's like, the, it, like oh, it's so cool, modern warfare. I mean, warfare is not fun. But the instruments of modern warfare are really cool. You know, and they have these heads-up displays where the pilots look through. They can see down there and all their stuff is right in front of them. They know the status of all their weapons. They know the distance to their enemies. They have a heads-up display. They know where their power lies within their hands. This is what this is saying. Wear this in front of your eyes. Wear Jesus in front of your eyes. Put on your heads-up display when you get out. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, it's described as the armor of God. Wear it in front of you. You can't go anywhere without You can't see it. There it is. There it is. This is related by Jesus in his ministry in Luke 10, 27. He answered, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all your strength, and with all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus restates that. What was stated in Deuteronomy, Jesus restates in the New Testament. They ask him, what's the most important thing, Jesus? What is the biggest part of the law? Well, he's the fulfillment of the law. So he says, I am, in essence, I am. Love the Father with everything that you've got. And then love others the same way. It's not that hard, guys. It's not that hard to be a Christian. But there's all the things that Jesus talked about in fear. But where are you, Jesus? I feel alone. Where's, I feel like I have no power. The things that Jesus says to his disciples, he wants you to hear today. 
The go therefore isn't a command. It's as we're going. It's implied. We're going. You're born again. So go. You can't help it. As a ball rolls downhill, you're a Christian. Do what Christians do. They do what Jesus does. And if you're not doing what Jesus does, it's time to reset. It really is time to reset. If you're not doing what Jesus said. Looking back at the doubts of the 11 disciples, I, me, uh, I, and maybe some of you can be encouraged by Jesus' loving encouragements of the gifts and of the purposes. As you're going, remember, Jesus has authority everywhere and over everything, and we're filled with his spirit. And he'll be with us always, regardless of our vocation. And we are Christians above all and forever. Colossians 1, 28 and 29 exhorts us, Him we proclaim, not me, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Everyone mature in Christ. Not just the people in this room, but those out there that need to hear the hope in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all energy that he powerfully works within me. I believe Jesus is really saying instead of go, therefore, like it's interpreted a lot, I, I really think he's on the other side because he's already where I'm going. See, this is what our team understands. Jesus was here before we got here. You need to understand Jesus was here before you came here. Jesus has been at work here before anybody showed up here. He was feeding the turkeys before you got here. He was. He's good like that. Right? Jesus is here. So really, what he's doing to us, what he's doing to you, what he's doing to me, is, is not this. Go. Go because I said to. Because you're a believer in Jesus. Do this. He doesn't do that. What he does really is in, come with me. Come on. Come on, we're, we're going to go tell people about me. You're filled with my power. I'm going to go with you. So let's go on this walk. Let's go on this walk. It's going to take you decades. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? So today, if you're trying to earn God's favor by good Christian works, if you are, if, if in your mind there's a scale and like this and all, you know, like here's the bad things I do and so I just need to do more good things. I need to really balance this out so that I'm a good deal, you know what, stop. Stop doing that. If you're building up a fence or you're trying to keep sin out, I'm not going to go outside the fence because there's sin out there. If you're trying to, stop. Stop. Receive the free gift of faith in Jesus Christ. It's offered. The writer of Hebrews reaccounts what is said in the Old Testament. Today, if you hear his words, don't harden your hearts. Because this church is like every other church. There are people in here that have hardened your hearts. You come to church because that's your fence. You're coming to church because that's your good work. Stop. Come to church because you love Jesus. Come to church because you love Jesus' people. Come to church, be fed the wisdom of his word. Even Jesus said, look, my food is to do the will of my Father in heaven. Do this. Worship him. Give him your gifts, but don't come to church for the wrong reason. But come to church. Come to church. That's all I got. So I promised my team that somebody from, um, from um, Springdale Church would come up and preach because they hear me too much. 
And so now you got the next 45 minutes. Oh, thank you. All right on. <laughs> Stay seated. <laughs> so the don't. We just received a spiritual gift from Fred away via via our via our God our Savior. Don't miss out on it. So what I want you to do is we're going to be in the park from like four to seven, five to seven. We're going to be setting up probably like from three to seven. If you want to come and help, we're going to haul down chairs. They've got a great big inflatable thing, obstacle course. Fills the whole back of a truck. It's huge. We're going to have that set up down there. We're going to set up music. We're going to barbecue free food, free hamburgers and hot dogs. We blanketed the community yesterday. If you know people, bring them to the park this afternoon. It's not going to be church in the park. It's going to be come. Let's fellowship. Let's just get to know each other. Let's just hang and have some fun. We're going to worship a little bit, right, guys? Wasn't that incredible? We got more? Right on. We got more. And then this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we got VBS every day here from 9 to noon for kindergarten through fifth grade. So bring your kids to that. We also are doing projects. We're cutting wood. We're cleaning up the, we're going to paint the gazebo at the park. We're cleaning up the duck pond. We're going to be doing some cleaning up over at the school. These kids are, this is their vacation and they came to Springdale to work, right? So let's get involved with them. Bring people. Come and, you know, and we'll just dispatch you to something. You know, come, if you just want to do BBS, say, I'm only doing BBS. Come for that, right? But come, participate. This whole week is filled with stuff from, from 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning until 6 at night. We're doing stuff in this community, for this community, as you're going, right? Amen, bro. That's a great word. That's a great word. Yeah. Yeah, Heavenly Father. So we lift up this worship team as they come up and start to get ready. We lift them up. May this be a may this be a pleasing aroma to you, Father. That it's, it's glory to you and only to you. Just help us raise the roof off this place. Help us sing, make a joyful noise to you, Father. Give glory and honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You turn the lights off there in the back, please.
fire.